Welcome to the RSM Talk Big podcast, helping you invest well, understand money and achieve the best tax outcomes. Your hosts today are Andrew Sykes, Chris Oates and Young Han. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RSM Talk Big Podcast. I'm your host today, Andrew Sykes, and I'm joined in the studio by Young Han. How are you? And Chris Oates. G'day, everyone. We're your regular Talk Big team. Today, we're going to have a chat about cybersecurity, and we're joined by uh, Darren Booth, who is RSM's National Head of Cybersecurity and Privacy Risk Services. G'day, Darren. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are yourself? Good, mate. Good. Looking forward to you sharing some insights into cybersecurity and IT, and particularly for small business. Um, yep. Be great to hear about some of the risks involved and how businesses can protect themselves. Yeah, look, and it's definitely uh, headline news for for the past uh, couple of months in relation to the the big breaches that you get at you know your Optus and, and your Medibank. So there's nothing like the the two biggest breaches in Australian history to to bring it to everyone's uh, attention as to you know cybersecurity is there and it's not going away. Um, but you're exactly right; it, it applies to all sizes of businesses. So it's not just your big businesses; it, it's the small ones as well. So uh, an attacker doesn't necessarily care whether you're big or small; that they just care that you've got some information and uh, you've got some weak systems potentially that they can they can breach um, and then they, they sort of exploit that um, and use that to really hold you to ransom so small businesses uh, really need to keep this uh, front and center just like the big businesses do as well I think it's actually have a small business as a, a bigger risk because bigger organization obviously they've got the resources and you know um, capital to invest in it and have a better system and process in place to protect them from um, cyber attack, whereas the small medium enterprises, they just really busy into doing a daily operation of, you know, right now I need to address this issue. So I think often people just neglect it and then it's like, it's good to have, but I just don't have time or money to invest in it. No, you're right. You're right. And, um, you know, any system that you've got, could have a, a, a vulnerability. Um, typically, what we do find is for small businesses, at least they're not as complicated technology systems. Uh, so obviously, the larger you get, usually the more complicated your, your IT environment comes. So uh, on, a, on a positive, if you're a small business, you probably know and are able to get a good hand on what systems you've got, um, you know, who's accessing those systems uh, from, from a user perspective. So, so those are, are positives that really means that if you do spend a little bit of time and effort, you can probably get some real good buying for your buck in relation to uh, updating the security because, you know, you actually know what systems to, to harden and uh, where to actually focus that effort uh, based on your knowledge of, of the systems that you're working with day in, day out. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Something we've been trying to impress in some some other podcasts where we've touched on this is this is cybersecurity doesn't have to be expensive. Like being safe is not expensive, is it? 
No, it's not. And, and you know, definitely there's there's plenty of tools out there that are expensive and there's plenty of people that will happily take people's money in, in relation to it. But uh, it, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't, you know. Um, it, it, and it comes down to some of the real fundamentals in, in relation to security. So things like uh, anti-malware. So, you know, you just have a piece of software on your um on your IT equipment that, that basically detects and prevents malware from uh, being installed. And, you know, that can be, you know, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a year, uh, pretty, pretty cheap in, in relation to, to what it is. Um, you know, if you're looking at your, your email, um, you know, you, you can turn on uh, what's called multi-factor authentication, which is basically a, a two-step approach to, um authenticate into your email if you're accessing it remotely. Um, and, and that's free for, for a lot of systems. So, you know, if you're using Microsoft or Google, um, it, it's a free uh, step that, that you basically just need to turn on. It's as simple as that. And once it's turned on, you know, the statistics basically say it stops about 99.8% of all attacks that, that could be targeting your email systems um, just because it's that, as simple uh, as, as enabling that that second step of authentication, so so these are these aren't expensive things, but but they're important to spend a little bit of time just to make sure that you actually do have them, uh, because they they can you know really uh, get some real quick returns, and once they're enabled, you can actually sort of set and forget. So it's not like every single time you're then having to remember, oh, I need to turn on my MFA. Um, you turn it on. And it just runs in the background and it does its thing. It checks what you're doing. It asks you for prompts automatically. Um, you know, it's really something that once you've done it, you, you don't actually really need to worry about it again. So, Darren, what you're saying is that cybersecurity is not just about installing expensive software. It can be around your processes and how you use your existing software. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. So, so we break it down into people, processes, and technology, um, and and you can look at each one of those separately in relation to how you uh, use them to your advantage in relation to cybersecurity. Um, so we've talked a little bit around the technology side of things, but if you look at people, uh, people are actually one of the key risks in relation to cybersecurity because it, it actually takes a person to click on a link or it takes a person to enter a password. Um, and if they're doing those to somewhere that uh, is a malicious website, that, that's a security issue. So, so it's really around training uh, and awareness for people in relation to, you know, how, how do you know what you're doing is secure? What are the red flags to look for? And there's lots of training uh, programs you can get. You can get access to YouTube videos um, that, that give you some awareness in relation to what are the, the key things to look out for. Um, and really, that, that people side of things can be a real uh, differentiator in relation to lines of defense. Um, if you think about your bank accounts, you're, you're probably pretty sensitive around giving out your password for bank accounts and uh, logging into your banking app. That sort of 
diligence can be applied in a, in a certain way in relation to other things you do in relation to your business. Um, so, so just having that front of mind is, is it can be a real game changer in, in uplifting your security. The, the process side of things, I, again, a lot of process things are uh, free or uh, cheap to do. Um, and it's really just around changing some of those uh, business habits such that, you know, whenever you're doing things, you might add an extra step. So, for example, if uh, a vendor emails you through to say, oh, I've updated my invoice details. Can you now please uh, pay this bank account? Well, the extra step you put into that process is you pick up the phone and you call them and you say, I've just got this message. Just want to check that that's actually the case. Um, and, you know, you actually then spend that time to actually talk to them about other things as well. Um, but it, it adds an extra layer of security into what you're doing. And, and really that extra layer of protection is great for small businesses. So you could go in and talk to one of my clients and just walk them through, here's how we can keep you safe just by changing what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's really just talking to people around what are you doing uh, and what are those processes you've got or what are those technologies that you're using? Um, and we can talk to them around, well, if you change this or uh, do this differently, you know, even some of those uh, small, what seem like small things can actually result in a real step change from a, a protection perspective. Um, and those, you know, uh, changes, like I said, are pretty uh, quick to do a lot of the time, quite cheap to do. Uh, it's just around knowing that they need to be done. And when looking, so you can go into the business and sort of do the work, but beforehand, what should a business look look for? What does a, a data breach look like and, and how do they actually happen? Oh, that's a, a good question. And um, there, there's lots of different breaches that are out there. I think from a small business perspective, there, there's probably two or three key ones, though. Um, uh, there, there's business email compromise, as it's called. Uh, and that's basically where either your email or someone else's email has been breached. And as part of that, that means that then someone is sending emails or able to read emails uh, in relation to what's going on in the business. Now, reading an email by itself may not cause a huge issue, but if it's part of reading an email, they, they know that things are happening. Uh, so, for example, they know that you're in the process of um, buying some some new um, property some new inventory. Yeah, yeah. Or, or we or we've property. seen yeah cases where they were you know about to settle and then you had to send out the other amount and you know they interpret somehow they know they were doing it and then they just changed the bank account details so they just send the money into the wrong account. Yeah, so for something like property, if you think about who all is involved, there's the estate agents, there's the lawyers, there's the vendors, there's the suppliers, uh, there's conveyancers, you know, there's a lot of people involved in that. So if you have a, uh, a business email compromise in, in one of those, um, that, that can uh, result in uh, a weakness that, that someone could then intercept. They could then send an email on behalf of someone else, like I said earlier, in relation to change an invoice. And suddenly you've got a large amount of money that's being paid that's going to the uh, criminal as opposed to going to where it should be from a, from a property perspective. Uh, and the same principles apply to other things that uh, businesses are transacting in. 
Um, so, you know, if you're a, uh, a small business, you, you'll have lots of things that you're buying on a day-to-day -day basis, and it just requires one of those vendors to, to have a breach, and then uh, that then has a knock-on effect with you, even though it actually is not necessarily your fault. So that's the type of thing you just need to be aware of. Um, so the business email compromise is really one of those ones that is still uh, prevalent in, in Australia, and it's probably the, one of the, the number one uh breaches for for small businesses um but also like i said earlier in relation to multi-factor authentication it's actually one of the easier ones to protect against as well if, if you do it properly um then you then get into um you know so, some of the the malware or viruses that are out there um and that can be where you're you know you're just too busy you're 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 in the day job do, doing what needs to be done in relation to keeping the business going uh, and you get the pop-up that says please install this security update and you're like ah oh, it's too hard or uh that that'll that'll take me offline for the next sort of 20 minutes i, I don't want to do that i'm just gonna not 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 install that update um you know a day goes past a week goes past a couple of months goes past um and suddenly then there there are publicly available exploits that that, that can uh, be used against that that vulnerability and you know you can go on to the chat channels on the dark web and buy a vulnerability for ten dollars uh, you can then, as a, a criminal, then sort of send it out to some people and, and see whether or not it, it, it affects their systems. Uh, and if it does, then that's when they get in and that's when they start doing things uh, either to uh, bring your systems down or, or getting your data out. Uh, both, both have a slightly different impact. But, you know, from a reputation perspective, you're a small business, that, that reputation can be priceless um, if, if you do have a breach. So, you know, again, that that's not necessarily a, a big thing, but but it can be something that just needs to be front of center of, well, if I don't do this update, what's the impact? Uh, and just it's realizing really, um, that, that it's really interesting, Darren. So what's interesting to me is, and what I'm thinking of while you're saying is that I I personally have thought, oh, I'm I'm too small. Why would anybody bother with my data? And I think a lot of small business people would think along the same lines, but. Now the businesses are holding so much data and, and you know, what you're saying is that they can divert payments. It doesn't matter how small the business is, does it? No, it doesn't. And I think, you know, five years ago, there definitely used to be a uh, she'll be right sort of attitude in Australia in relation to security. Um, and, and I think the, the breaches like your Optus and your Medibank definitely bring it to life for the larger businesses. Uh, I still think for some smaller businesses, like you said, they they, they still think well, we're too small. Why would anyone attack us? And what they've got to realize is they're actually not trying to attack you. What, what they're doing is taking a shotgun approach of just sending this uh, exploit out to, you know, a couple of thousand uh, uh, computer systems uh, and seeing which one is vulnerable to it. So, so they don't know that you're a small business. They don't even know what you do. Uh, all they see is a computer and they're seeing whether or not their exploit is, is going to have an impact on that computer. So, you know, th that's the bit that I think people need to understand is that you're right, you may not be a target, 
they're not trying to target you. They, 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 you're you're caught because um, they're they're just going for anyone who's vulnerable, not necessarily going well. Uh, this is the particular segment or sector that that we're actually trying to attack. So they don't know whether they're going for a large company or versus just a small business, small local business. It's like a notch that is saying that you're something wrong with you or something is going you going um, wrong that you're exposed to the risk and you're just waiting for someone to respond and then they get into it. Yeah, exactly. Like if you think of the text messages that you probably uh, all get, uh, everyone gets sort of those, those spam text messages that uh, you've got a parcel or uh, your bank account or your PayPal. Um, that, that's just being spread out to as many uh, mobile phone numbers that they can get their hands on and all they're doing is hoping that someone clicks on it uh and it's a very similar approach in relation to businesses in relation to some of the security on their systems um the attacks are are um are, are really just trying to find anyone uh, and once they find someone then they start going right well who have we got what have we got and that's the point where they then start doing some investigation and and, and these the, these attackers are aren't uh, kids that sort of sit in a uh, a bedroom with with dark uh, you know all the lights turned off. They are businesses, like they are criminal businesses with call centers and people working nine to five. Um, you know they're, they're they are treated like a business in relation to what they're doing, and, and all they're doing is sort of trolling through, saying, "Right, well, this particular uh, vulnerability has worked. What does that mean?" And they're then sort of going through and working through that and then moving on to the next one. It really is, uh, you've got to realize that that you're up against, um, you know, a, a business who's really making money out of exploiting um, the, the the vulnerabilities that, that you may have. Yeah, so these could be businesses that employ hundreds of people doing this, um, which probably shows, well, demonstrates why they get it so good because... I got one last year, it was an Australia Post text message and I was expecting a delivery on that day and so I clicked onto the link and I, I paused when it asked me, the message came up and said, we can't deliver your parcel, we need you to make payment. And I went, oh, this has got to be a scam. Do you know, how do they get it so good? Like It looked like Australia, it felt, it felt like it was legitimate yeah. and I was getting a parcel delivered that day. Look, I think the the fact you were getting a parcel delivered that day was just pure chance. Um, you know, the the, the reality is, uh, given COVID, everyone's doing a lot more online shopping and getting a lot more deliveries than what they were uh, before that. And and the 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 bit where they've got better is uh, designing the messages. Uh, better. So it used to be the case of, you know, you'd know that you were, uh, it was it was a, a spam or a spoof text message because the English grammar was bad or, um, you know, the, they spelt the, the name of the company wrong. The, they, they've, they've matured to, to um, you know, get, get some of those messages a lot better. Um, and some of the sophistication that they use, therefore, in relation to, you know, uh, doing uh, pop-ups that actually look and feel like the actual real thing is is just them spending more time and effort uh, and monetizing that, that time and effort to to try and sort of get get uh, more success rates. And you mentioned before about the strain attitude of she'll be right. The amount of times people have had their email compromised and they 
the old thing of change your password and that'll fix the problem. In a business, it's, personally that's okay and might do it, but in a business, what are the requirements to report the breach? And what if you don't, if you try to hide it from your customers and just sort of say, okay, we fix that, let's just not tell anybody, what does, what's the outcome there? Is there consequences, punishments? Yeah, so you're bound by the Australian Privacy Act, um, which applies to businesses that have an annual turnover of over $3 million. Uh, so if you're below that threshold, then, then you technically don't need to comply or report a, a particular breach. Uh, if you're over $3 million turnover, uh, that's then when the Privacy Act comes into play. Uh, and there's basically an outline of uh, privacy principles that sort of say around, you know, how do you collect information? How do you use that information? How do you destroy that information? Uh, uh, and as part of that, if, if you then have a breach, you then need to report to the Office of the Information Commissioner um, that you, you've had a breach and, and this is what the impact is of that breach to your customers. Uh, and you need to do that um, within 28 days of, of identifying it is, as having an impact. So, you know, there's there's definitely some um, uh, some legislation there depending on the size of the business. Uh, and, and then as part of that, there's then some outlines as to what you should be doing in relation to notifying your customers and, and notifying the, the regulators in, in relation to it. So it sounds like there's definitely, um, you know, financial reputation and financial damages to the company if it doesn't um, follow up properly. Um, just like any other business insurance, I know there is a, a something new um, called cyber insurance, uh, cyber security insurance. So what, what does it actually do and, and who actually needs to consider taking it? Yeah, look, and cyber cyber insurance has been around for a few years, um, and, and again has evolved over that time. Um, I think it's it's now relatively mainstream in relation to people are aware of it. Uh, where it has, however, changed the past probably twelve to twenty four months is that it's become a lot more expensive, uh, and the. Uh, caveats or, or exclusions that are in those policies uh, have actually become broader. So you really need to understand what are the, the pros and cons in relation to that security and what, sorry, insurance and what are you covered for and what are you not covered for as to whether or not you need it. Um, so if you're dealing with lots of customers uh, and, you know, quite sensitive information in relation to, uh, you know, their uh, personal information, whether that be, you know, driving licenses or uh, passports or credit card numbers, um, that might mean that it's more necessary for you to have it um, versus a business that, you know, really all, all they're collecting might be a, a name and address, a telephone number, that that might not require them to really have that sort of insurance from a, a people perspective. Um, the, the cyber insurance, though, also does help in relation to uh, if your systems are brought down, and you have to, you know, rebuild your systems or um, you know, have a, have a revenue impact in relation to that. So some insurance policies cover that as well. So it, it's not just the notifying to the customers; it's also the disruption to the business as well, uh, and some of the investigations that may need to be done. The, the cyber insurance can kick in and, and cover some of those costs. Um, 
but yeah, like I said, the, the exclusions are the bit that really now need to be looked at. Uh, you know, things like an act of war in relation to a cyber event is, is excluded in a lot of policies. Um, you know, if you say that your systems are secure and there's, there's some of the basics uh, that you're not doing, then that can come back where the, the insurance policy basically said, well, you didn't take enough due diligence and therefore we're not covering you because you said that you had these basic things in place and, and you didn't. Um, so, so that's just that due diligence that needs to be done uh, like any insurance policy, just as to what's being covered um, and, and do you actually meet the criteria for that coverage. And with the, so one having the insurance for when it does, the issue does come up, but also you mentioned the collection of data and and the way it's changing of what businesses need to keep or what they get from the clients. And I think we talked about the penalties for having the privacy breaches has increased so much that what has, should a business change how they're collecting data and, and what they're doing with it? And does that give the protection as well? And, and what they keep. Yeah. Yeah, and again, that's that's probably something that's changed over the past couple of years. So uh, there, there there used to be a, a, an approach, you know, even two three years ago, of um, you know, data is the new oil, and the more data we have, the 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 better we can mine that, and and the more uh, the more we value that we can get out of it. So a lot of businesses were basically just getting whatever information we can get. We're going to get it. We're going to keep it. Um, there's very much a realization now that if you don't need something, though, don't keep it. Um, so, you know, if you don't need to keep the driving license or the passport or the credit card number, then don't keep it. Because if you do have a breach uh, and, and you do have that information and that information gets leaked as part of the breach, then, then that's a far bigger impact in, in relation to, to your business and, and your customers. Um, so what we're seeing a lot of uh, organizations go through at the moment is, a um, a review of what data they've got and why they're keeping that information. Um, really, just trying to say, you know, if, if if we don't need it for some sort of uh, analysis or developing the product or, or service that we're doing, then then why would we keep it? And let's just get rid of it uh, because if if we don't have it, that then it can't get breached and it can't get leaked. So there's a real mindset change that we're seeing in a number of businesses in relation to that uh, from what it was a few years ago. Uh, Darren, that's been absolutely terrific. Unfortunately, we're running out of time for our podcast. I think cybersecurity is uh, fascinating. Um, I think it's an emerging problem for business and we can all see that and the reputational damage, let alone uh, the risk of having your, um, your funds diverted. Uh, without your knowledge. So thank you very much for those tips. Uh, if any of our listeners want to find out more, uh, they can check out the, the RSM website where our cybersecurity division has plenty of information and materials. So uh, thank you very much, Darren. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Young. Thank you. And Chris. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Uh, this has been the RSM Talk Big Podcast. Remember to subscribe to us at wherever you get your podcast from. And if you have a chance, refer us on to a friend. It'd be great to get more listeners to our podcast. Uh, my name's Andrew, and thank you for listening to the RSM Talk Big Podcast. Talk big. Create, save and protect with RSM.